Welcome to the Jillian Winery Show. If you are listening to this episode in real time, then it was just a few days ago that you celebrated Resurrection Sunday. And as many of us went through this last weekend, it's likely that you reflected on the overwhelming accounts of Jesus being mocked, beaten, falsely accused, nailed to the cross for our sacrifice and paying it all for our sake. And if that's not enough, we have the miracle of his resurrection from death and his appearance to so many of his followers and his ascension to the father in heaven. And for the majority of us, if I'm being honest, that quote unquote Easter story ends there because we forget why Jesus came down to deliver us and what the gifts he made available for us in doing so. You know, this all hit me during the course of last week when I was just digging through the gospels, because ever since I gave my life to God, I've just been on this discovery of who Jesus was and what does God say in his word. And so every time during this year, I find myself just rereading the accounts in the gospels to remind myself of what Jesus did and what he did while he walked this earth in the flesh. And if you've yet to do this, I highly encourage you to do so at any point in time, because it'll just blow your mind and you're going to fall in love with Jesus even more. But as I was going through this, I was just studying his character a little bit more and studying the accounts that were recorded of him and the parables he taught, because there's no coincidence why they chose the ones that he did, because they say that if they were to put every account that Jesus ever did, there wouldn't be enough books to, to fill, to fill all that he did and all that he, the miracles that he performed and what he taught, because it's just endless. You know, in fact, we just basically have about three weeks of teaching that he did. And so I always think why those, why were those chosen? And I think it's because what he said in those, and most importantly, it was how he told us to live. It was about the kingdom of heaven of how we're supposed to go forward if we believe in him and, and if you don't believe him. And so certain things Jesus said, just began to illuminate off the pages this time, things he said during his final days. And after he resurrected that, I know Jesus knew we needed to hear that needed to be captured, captured in those pages just to remind us at this present age. And as I kept circling through the gospels, I couldn't help but notice how the disciples kept missing how straightforward Jesus was speaking to them. They kept misinterpreting Jesus for what he was saying. And they seemed to be losing their boldness because they began to cling to the fact that Jesus started speaking as if he was going to leave them and where he was going, they could not follow. And they just weren't seeing the bigger picture of what was really going to happen and what was really going to take place. And it got me thinking how many of us are missing this as well, this time of year and throughout our life, how many of us are misinterpreting what Jesus said even when we have access to the Bible and the words God knew we needed to be reminded of to be able to read again and again at our disposable, but yet we're missing it. How many of us are losing our boldness and forgetting the gifts Jesus left behind for us, why he was nailed to the cross, why he rose again, every single thing that is written in, in scripture and filled, what are we missing? And so I got to this point where I started thinking that I don't even think that the enemy gets worried. If we show up to church on Easter weekend, if we take communion, or if we reflect on the cross and Jesus' resurrection and the ascension uh, into heaven, because sadly, too many of us don't let it change us. We forget the gifts we've been given through Jesus and what he did. It's like we get so focused on what Jesus did, which is miraculous. Don't, don't get me wrong. This is incredible. But we don't 
remember what that means for us, because we're not focusing on what Jesus said. And I think sometimes we start to think, well, maybe that implied this, or maybe he kind of meant this, but so much of what the Bible says, we need to take verbatim word for word. Like, yes, there is some innuendos in certain places, but I think we need to start taking the Bible at its word and what Jesus said. And so today I want to remind you of five immense gifts we've been given through Christ from Easter that we need to boldly walk in because if I'm being honest, I think we forget. And this is part of the most beautiful story ever written in history that Jesus did and fulfilled and gave us. And I think if we forget these, we forget so much of why he came and did what he did. And so I just want to ask you, as I go through these and I list them off, that you just be prayerful, that you would just pick one area that stands out to you and meditate on his words, on the verses, maybe that I say, or just do a, a, a deeper study on that, on that area and just pray on it and ask God for boldness to start walking out according to it. Because if I, if I am sensing what I'm feeling the Holy spirit do it, do in my own life is just, if we start really walking boldly in what God has delivered us from, I mean, we would be unstoppable. The church would be unstoppable. And I think we really need this right now. So I just want to dive in and go through these five immense gifts we've been given through Christ. All right. So the first one and the first gift we've been given through Jesus' resurrection was peace. Now you might think, well, what? Well, John 14, 27. In fact, I'm going to quote a lot of John in here today. I'm actually only going to quote from the gospels. I mean, there's so many different places within the Bible that say these very same things, but I only wanted to focus on the gospels this week. So anyways, John 14, 27, it says, peace. I leave with you. My peace. I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. In John 16, it says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, again, peace shows up so much in scripture. And every time Jesus showed up to his disciples after he was resurrected, he was saying the words peace because he wanted to remind them. And I believe us that he overcame death. So we should have immense peace because he's already paid it all. And there's nothing we need to do or be afraid of because where he goes, we will also be there as well if we believe. And so I don't know about you, but that brings me so much peace just knowing that this life is fleeting and no matter what happens during this life, it is just a blip to the bigger, uh, the bigger picture that God has for us. So you might be thinking, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You know, my marriage might be on the rocks or I'm going through a difficult time, or I'm trying to walk through this healing, or I just got this health scare, or my child's going through this, or just my living situation or financial strains. Like I don't have any peace. I want to remind you that God can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. If you just lean on him and pray to him, because he uses every situation for our good, even if it causes us inside, it feels like stress at first, it is all going to work for our benefit. So I just want to remind you of that peace. Okay. Number two, you might not like this one, but I think this gives us immense perspective when we look at what he did. And so the second gift is to fulfill the great commission. Now you may not want to hear this, but God didn't bring Jesus into this world for us to live a comfortable Christian life. He did not have him suffer and live a short life and be brutally beaten and hung on a cross just for us to 
do this, you know, check off these boxes. I'm going to live here. I'm not really going to get into too many things. I'm just going to live this comfortable life with my kids and kind of stay away from, from, you know, getting into many um, disputes about God. I'm, I'm not going to evangelize. I'm not going to tell people about it. It's okay. If my family doesn't believe it's okay. If this, my neighbor doesn't believe, you know, I'm just going to live over here and do this kind of life and fulfill my needs and my desires. Like that is not the life that God has called us to, but yet this is the life I see so many people living and I'm not pointing fingers because there's a million pointing back at me. I've, I've found myself in those traps. I think, especially when you get a home, you want to make it comfortable, right? And there's nothing wrong about that, but I think we could get so off track so quickly on what we're really supposed to fulfill while we're here. And God calls us to fill the great commission. And so in John 20, 21, it says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you as the father has sent me, I am sending you. And he's sending us to go out and do his work. And in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nation, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Mark 16, 15, he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to all of creation. You will find if you go through the gospels at the very end of this, as he's resurrected before he ascends to the father, he is telling them, these are his last words, go out, make disciples. These are, if you think about somebody who knows that their time is fleeting and they're saying everything that they want to say to you is that they know that you're going to go do, he's saying, go out and do my work. And I just think how many of us are living that comfortable life or, you know, maybe, you know, we're called, I believe God calls us to be, you know, teachers or work in hospitals or work in other professions or be home with our kids, raising up a family. There's so many different things God has called us to, but that doesn't mean that we can't fill the great commission in doing so we can do both. You do that in every encounter you may have. Maybe it's at the grocery store. Maybe it's in prayer. Maybe it's in your, your kid's school community. Maybe it's just being that light. I feel like wherever God has planted, planted you, it's in that place that you start to fulfill that commission, even if it's uncomfortable. And so, man, I think at the end of the day, we forget that we're going to be standing before Jesus again. And I feel like he's, you know, I think he's going to say this, but in my mind, I just think like, wow, he came here for a blip. He didn't get half the comforts that we get. And yet he gave it all for us. And I think like, what are we doing in return for him? All right. So number three, here's another gift, the Holy spirit. I know we all know this, but do we really realize that we've got the Holy Spirit, God in us? I mean, this is, this is a huge gift. The people didn't have this, you know, pre-Jesus, you know, we have the Holy Spirit in us, walking within us constantly. And so I want to tell you what scripture says about the Holy Spirit. And so in John 14, 16 through 18, it says, he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He's saying this before everything happens. And so He's telling us that the spirit of truth will come to us. John 14, 26, the helper, the Holy spirit whom the father will send in my name. He will teach you all these things and bring to you remembrance of all the things that I have said to you. 
John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. That is why we feel those convictions. That's why when we're getting caught up in sin, we don't like it. That's why we can get caught up in so many things. And that's why we're wanting this righteousness, right? When we're following God it's because we've got the Holy spirit in us. And that sometimes people say, well, I got goosebumps over this, or I felt like I was supposed to do this and it didn't make sense. And looking back, I knew I made the right choice. It's because it's the Holy spirit. And if we are walking in the Holy spirit and we are realizing God is in us, I think that alone just changes everything. Cause I feel like sometimes we think like we're alone you know, the enemy tries to, to fool us into thinking that we're broken, we're alone, that nothing can ever change, that nothing can ever fix or all these things, but we're forgetting God is in us. And this comes to point four is with the Holy spirit in us and how we're going to fill the great commission and how we're to have that peace. God also gives us in order to do those things and have those things. He gives us number four power and authority. And I think we forget the power part. I know I do. I forget this all the time. But as I reread scripture, I think, whoa, we are not walking in this. So power and authority comes from Luke nine, verse one. And it says, and he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. John 14, 12 through 13. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father and whatever you ask in my name that I will do. And that the father might be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You guys, if you just meditate on that verse, my goodness, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do. I mean, Jesus performed a lot of miracles and a lot of works and greater than these were to do. I think we forget the power and authority that we've been given so freely if we believe in him. And so Mark 16, 17 through 18, it says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and they will drink anything deadly. And by no means will it hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, I don't know about you, but I've never seen someone lay hands on the sick and they recovered. And I think maybe it's because we aren't believing. Maybe it's because we're forgetting the power and authority that we really have. And that anything we ask in the father's name, he will do it. So gosh, I mean, I don't know about you, but this just really convicts me. All right. Number five, eternal life. Okay. We have this life, right? And I think we get so caught up in this life that we don't want to leave it, that we want to live forever. I think so many people want to live in the world forever. This is why we have people, you know, granted they want to age gracefully, but we've got people, you know, dyeing their hair and putting these injections in and granted I've done all of these things. So I'm not pointing a finger, but it's like we want to remain in this world and we want to play safe and we don't want to die, but we forget that we've got a greater eternity ahead of us. I'm not saying like be reckless, but we have to stop being so worldly focused and right now focused. We need to be kingdom focused and eternity focused so that we're living so boldly here that when we get to eternity, I don't know about you, but I want to be sliding in like I gave it my all. I did it my all. I left everything I had out there and here I am Jesus, you know, and, and sometimes I think I'm not doing that. And so this has been a check for me. So number five, it's eternal life. This is an immense gift 
we've been given. If we believe in John three sixteen, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John 10, 28, and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. John 3, 36, whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. John 4, 14, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become them in them, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Matthew 10, 39, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. So I don't know about you, but if we have that eternal life mindset, I just think our problems, so much of them start to diminish here. You know, the things that we're so focused on, they just kind of start to dissipate. I don't know about you, but I moved into a new home a few months ago and I came in and I'm trying to get things set up and get things to where we're feeling comfortable. And, you know, we did some things and I was thinking of just all these different checkbox things I wanted to do. Right. And then all of a sudden I started reading the gospels and they started to completely convict me where I started looking around. I'm like, I don't need any of this. Like we don't even have a lot, but I don't need any of this. Like we are living way too comfortably and there is a commission I need to fulfill. And a lot of the stuff just gets in the way. And because if every day we just woke up and realized I've got the Holy spirit, we've got a great commission. We've got the peace. We've got the power and authority and we've got eternity. And there is a ticking clock that our time could be up at any minute. I think that would change how we lived. I don't know about you, but I've just felt super convicted this week is what do we do in light of the gifts we've been given in light of the cross in light of the resurrection in light of Jesus giving us all five of these things. And then some, how bold are we going to be living or are we going to continue to just live safe? You know, God has given us a new life and a new way to live because Jesus laid it all down for us to receive this. So I think it's time that we start walking in boldness and it's time to remember the peace that we should rightly have, despite what's going on and the power and the authority we've been given through the Holy spirit to go out, fulfill the great commission, because eternity is already been bought for us. It's already there if we believe. So I just want to encourage you live boldly. This life is fleeting and the gifts we've been given, they're there for a reason. And so I hope this encourages you this week, just to move forward in light of Easter, in light of everything Jesus did in light of everything he endured and went through. I mean, he was asking God in the garden right before he was portrayed by Judas to God, let this cut pass from me. He didn't want to do it. He knew it was going to be the hardest thing he ever did, but yet he did it anyways for us. So what are we doing? Are we living too comfortably? Are we being bold? you know, just, I encourage you to take this to God and just, and just pray for it. And as always in the show notes, I've got some songs to strengthen you into action, to remind you of these things, because we are on mission together. You are not alone. If you are a believer, we're both fulfilling this together. We both have got the same spirit in us. We both have got that peace and we both have that power and authority. And so I just want to encourage you to walk in that as I'm trying to navigate that as well because man, what a gift that is. So until next week, I will talk to you later.